You are now tuning in to the Own the Build podcast. Join Sealing's very own Paul Hemming, where each week he interviews experts from the world of construction and asks all the important questions around intelligent construction management. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Own the Build with me, Paul Hemming. The title of today's show is a slightly unusual one. I'm looking forward to it. The Story of London's Super Sewer. And we are joined by James Carew, who is Digital Communication Manager at Tideway. They're a 4.2 billion construction project, which many of us Londoners probably don't even know about, which is why we're, we're here today. They've got the primary task of reducing sewage and pollution and reconnecting London with the River Thames. James, how the devil are you this morning? I'm great, Paul. Nice to speak to you. And you, and you, and all of our listeners know that I love an Irish accent, and I've managed to pluck out another one here. Where in Ireland are you from, James? I'm from a place called Kilkenny in the, the southeast of Ireland. I've been, well, I'm living in London 11, 12 years, but yeah, we'll probably go on to talk about it. In construction, there are lots of Irish, and no more so than in our projects as well. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Well, Kilkenny, my family are all from Wexford, like Kilmuckridge kind of way. So yeah. what's that, an hour or so down the road? We've got... Uh, the na- neighbouring county, yeah. Yeah. Big yeah, rivals in sport. Yes, I understand that. I understand that. Who usually comes out on top, Wexford or Kilkenny? Don't say oh, Kilkenny. I'm just, just, I mean, on. honestly, Kilkenny are like the Real Madrid and the Barcelona of hurling. The Irish sport of hurling, you must know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of success in my county oh really well you know wexford i as i understand it effectively in my lifetime have won it once the yes. hurley so yes. I, I okay we're more like the birmingham city of yes hurley all <laughs> yes. right well kilkenny are the best then we'll go with that so aside from coming from kilkenny can you share with us a little bit about you and your experience and how you got to be where you are today james yeah, I suppose I'll start at the end. I'm, I'm at a company called Tideway, and we are building what is commonly known as the Super Sewer in London. So it's one of the largest infrastructure projects in Europe. Effectively, it's a giant tunnel, largely underneath the Thames, 25 kilometres long. So if you're familiar with London, it goes from Acton in the west to Abbey Mills, where it links up with the existing Lee Tunnel onto Beckton. So this, this is a huge project. And effectively, it's connecting to the old Victorian sewage system designed by a man called Sir Joseph Bazalgette in the 1850s. So London sewers, they were hand-built, hand-built in the Victorian age. They're still in remarkable condition. I've seen pictures of them. I did have the opportunity to go down and I chickened out. My first really? Week, my first week. What's it like down there? <laughs> I mean, oh, what the first you... week, first day, come here, come and have a look at this. Yeah, I, I chickened out. <laughs> I mean, people are fascinated with it, fascinated with sewers, fascinated with the, the engineering. But though that system still works, but it was built for a population of about 4 million people. And London is pushing 9 million now. You can imagine the capacity. It just, it just can't cope anymore. Pretty much any time it rains, I'm talking like millimetres, 
the system is overwhelmed and he designed it so that it wouldn't back up into London streets. It would overflow into the Thames. So, I mean, we're probably going to say it, but there's a statistic of around about half, half of all Londoners are unaware of how much sewage pollution goes into the Thames. I'm definitely unaware and I'm a Londoner. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tens of millions of tonnes of raw sewage mixed with rainwater every year going into the Thames. So, is that, I mean, is that why it's so off colour? No, I'm, I'm not an expert, but that has to do with the silt and soil. And because it's fast moving and tidal, that's why it is brown. That's why it is the colour it is. But I mean, some days, particularly after heavy rainfall or, or a storm surge, you'll see quite nasty stuff in the River Thames, which just isn't Ooh. nice. Okay, because my, uh, so my girlfriend, she's Italian. A few years ago, we had her parents over. We were showing them around London. And obviously, they were commenting, why is it so brown, the Thames? Because it is, but it is the silt, uh, but and so on. But you will, on heavy rain days, find horrible things in there from the sewer. Or you would... But now you guys are changing that. Is that right? So this, when we're operational, we will intersect the most polluting of those overflows. And essentially it will be, it will go from the old system into this giant tunnel under the river and be taken away to Becton sewage treatment plant. So it's upwards of 95% interception. So you're talking about a huge stretch of the, Thames that will be cleaner, cleaner perhaps than it's been for a century. Amazing. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a great project to be part of to say that that is the legacy. You, we we talk about kind of the people who work on the project and how proud they are. And often when you work on a construction project, you can look at a skyscraper or a building in London and say, "I helped to build that." The unique thing about our project is you won't see it it's underground, but the legacy will be a cleaner river. The river you see at the start of EastEnders or any Hollywood movie that ever comes here. That, that's what I'm always watching EastEnders, James, <laughs> so I will, I, I, that will that will make a difference. But going back to, you said we're going to start at the end. So you're digital communication manager at Tideway. Yes. So understood the project that you are now on. So tell me, what were you doing before that? Were you in construction or... No, I, I have no background in construction. And I think actually... What drew you towards the sewer? Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And my large part of my day, day job is social media. And I often get asked, why does a super sewer need social media? And I it, agree. That's what I want to ask you. I mean, the main, the main answer is why not? Or we go on to speak about perhaps why. But um, I trained as a journalist. I studied journalism at college in Spain, actually, originally. I, I studied in Dublin and Spain, and I was huge into sports, and I wanted to combine both. I wanted to be a sports journalist. and I, I had... Oh, I wanted to be a sports journalist as well, James. Yeah, well, I became one. And so for a time, I had my dream job, which was working in, um, in Germany as a social media manager for the Bundesliga. So I was like watching football all day, every day. But um, that's... You thought, I don't need that anymore. Where's the next sewer project? <laughs> well, my friends often joke that I was a sports journalist who didn't like working weekends. <laughs> I mean, I worked enough weekends to say, <clears throat> take a little break from this. But it, it more so the kind of, 
I think that perspective of, of sport is just a catchword. What does sport mean? There's so much that goes into it. There's so many different sports. There's so many different people, their backgrounds, whatever country. Similarly, construction. Construction is just one word, but what does it mean? It means everything. I mean, our project isn't just a tunnel. But what drew me to Tideway was not just his kind of amazing engineering. It's we work with school groups, environmental groups, charities. We're promoting the industry to groups who otherwise wouldn't necessarily be attracted to construction traditionally, women, uh, minority ethnic, that kind of thing. So the, the legacy is we want to reconnect Londoners with the river. That's our catch, catchphrase. But I mean, that's really rewarding work, especially when you see like maybe young kids or school leavers who never thought about construction. I never thought about construction and I've been in it five years now this summer. And so it's interesting, isn't it? Because Tideway wants to tell the story about what they're doing and we'll talk about that. And you're obviously helping them tell that story. But you were drawn to the project before they were telling the story, I guess, because you're the man who was helping them tell the story. But what was it that specifically captured your attention so i'm going to not do the bundesliga anymore i'm going to come and sell this story i think from a journalism background or if you like writing that kind of thing you just you have an eye for a story or like to think you do and so everyone has a story to tell everyone has a story from their own their personal story their background why they got into something they have a story to tell about their job they have a story to tell about the company they work for the project they're working for so that's it was the it was like a blank canvas it was not just we're going to show these huge machines this huge feat of engineering which while i don't have a background in it when you see it and you go down there and i've been down there multiple it is like it is incredible and then you meet the people who are working on it. And we talked about Ireland. I mean, there are Irish people who travel the world. There are, we have not every nationality on the project. What drives you to spend 10 hours a day underground? Why do you do that? And then you find out my father did it, my grandfather did it. In, in the case of just this week, we had a tunneling breakthrough. One of our machines finished its journey. It's tradition to show the team picture and right in the middle is a guy in a yellow jersey which is from County Donegal in Ireland in the northwest and I've learned since that it had that part of Ireland has an incredible tunneling tradition not only that part of Ireland but an island off of Donegal has an incredible tunneling tradition so you talk about cousins brothers fathers working together in this and, industry yeah. I mean that's I find that really fascinating. You've got a big smile on my face just thinking about it, James. No, it is yeah. it is really interesting. And so, like you said, 50% of Londoners are unaware of how much sewage pollution enters the River Thames. I am, yes. I am one of those. So yes. explain to us what the actual objectives are. You've touched on them briefly, but why did storytelling really matter to Tideway? Because I, I can see it, but I also think it seems... Not superfluous, but it does seem like a bit of a unnecessary extension to a, a project potentially. Uh, it absolutely isn't unnecessary, and you, there you go into you can go into multiple reasons why. I mean, first of all, we have an obligation to tell the public about what's happening. 
we have to keep like certain organizations aware of the progress of the project. So we are obligated to continuously tell the progress of, of the project. And if you want to use the word stakeholders, the public are, are a massive stakeholder in our project, not least because uh, Londoners will pay for the project through their water bills. So that is one part of the story. We're obligated to tell them the story. In terms of my sphere, in the, in the digital sphere and social media, I mean, I joked about why does a super store need social media? But what I say is, if we weren't talking about our project, that doesn't mean other people aren't. And in this social media age and the power that it has, other people are talking about us. And, and we have an opportunity then to not control the narrative, but contribute to it, to tell people in that sphere what is happening, uh, be accountable, answer queries, answer people directly, be a human face behind what otherwise might seem a faceless project. So I think there are multiple reasons. I joked also about why not. I mean, why not tell the story of this huge engineering feat, but all the other things that go with it, all the other benefits that go with it of teaching school children, giving them a work experience, introducing them to construction, sharing best practice in terms of health and safety, sharing best practice and innovation and lessons learned for future projects. I mean, it, it, it's all positive from my perspective. No, definitely. It definitely is. And you've made me sound a little bit silly now by saying it was potentially superfluous. That's a big grin on your face, James. You're not the first person and you will not be the last person. I've, I've justified my job, Paul. <laughs> well, it's a good job you can do that, right? So what specifically have you been doing and how has it been received? So it, it has evolved from my first uh, days at Tideway and just as social media and how we consume media has, has evolved. So a big part of my job is video and video capturing of the project. People love watching these huge infrastructure projects take shape, but we noticed from the start, or we, we accepted from the start, the power of video and what you could show from that, from like time-lapse footage, which is a great way of showing over time how a site changes and then taking taking cameras underground to show people not just what's happening, but the people doing it, and, and to tell their stories, to introduce the people in our videos, 99% of them are the people doing the job on the ground. And, and that's what interests me, and therefore I think will interest other people. Yeah, no, that's, I can, I can see how that is, Fascinating. With the time lapse, what do you what do you time lapse? It's all underground, right? Or largely underground? Well, actually, it's not all underground, and and in, in you'll see there are twenty four construction sites. Many of them on the river, for example, just one at Victorian Bankman, so right opposite London Eye, if people are familiar. Blackfriars Bridge. Opposite walkabout. <laughs> opposite walkabout. <laughs> but but another fascinating aspect of the project is in order to build these giant shafts, lower the machines and the equipment down to build a tunnel, we had to build land out into the river, new land, and partly we, we would be leaving some of that behind. So it's not, a, we had to build above ground, out into the water, from underground. And you can imagine how you do that. We could go into the intri intricacies of how you do that. But if you've got time lapse footage showing this 
how a site takes shape, how a tunnel shaft gradually is, is lowered, how these machines are lowered. I mean, I find it fascinating. Thankfully, lots of others do. No, I can I can actually see the amount of energy that you have about this topic, James. And it's really great to, to see. I can see how, how into it you are. And that must then replicate across all of the different avenues that you're posting, etc. about it. I want to talk to you a little bit more about how it's been received and then how other construction companies or other projects could do similar to their benefit. But we will do that, James, after this break. Hello, it's me again. I wanted to share a quick story with you on why I co-founded Sealink with my best mate, Chris. Chris and I, we're both QSs, and this is going to sound sad, but one night we were sat in the pub talking about subcontract tendering and we realised the industry had a problem. Number one, procurement was too paper-based. Number two, it was too time-consuming and every QS had their own unique way of doing things. And number three, perhaps most importantly, If you want to competitively tender, you need to know hundreds of the best subcontractors. We simply didn't. That's why we created C-Link. It's software to solve subcontract tendering. We wanted to remove these challenges and help the industry get better. So if you or someone you know tenders with subcontractors, you've got to see our software. Head over to our link www.get.c-link.com forward slash podcast to find out more. I will include it in the description box. So again, there's no excuses. Now, let's get right back to the show. So James, we've talked about what it is that you guys are doing and kind of some of of the benefits that you're talking about with the community and then with the wider industry. How has what you do been received and like how do you measure it like the success of what you're doing so we like to think we're quite innovative in the content that we produce for example we show monthly progress updates but we also started something called tunnel vision which is a youtube web series if you like so every month a couple of months we create these webisodes where you can kind of delve deeper into an aspect of the project the engineering and tell it over a bit of a longer period between 8, 10, 12 minutes. And that has been to kind of target a different type of audience on YouTube, for example. So we have a a younger audience. We we try to target a younger audience on channels like Instagram. We feel that certain content works with different audiences and we want to reach them all, to tell them our story and to, for all those reasons I told you about, promote the industry. And it's been received, like, brilliantly. We get lots of positive feedback we've got you can never please everybody i mean people who love engineering construction um always want to see more and then you have other people who say it's too technical so but i mean we like to try to cater to everyone with different types of content on channels wrong and it has been received really well i have to say but i also think it's quite innovative and it's really from my perspective it's really creative and rewarding we work with the video production team they're effectively part of the project we collaborate with them on on the stories we tell we get to be in the videos if if you so choose have you been in it i've i've presented a few and even again that's another kind of 
development for myself. I've presented a few of these things. So again, you're what loving I, what you're doing, aren't you, James? I, I, I really do. And it was what, what I said at the, previously, the people in the videos are the people who work on the project, including the presenters. So it gives it a real feel of everyone's involved, everyone's engaged. Authenticity. Yeah. yeah. And what comes across is the pride that people have in the job that they're doing and the teams that they're I can see that very much so in, in you, James. And actually, what I'm fascinated by with this decision as to taking such a storytelling approach with this project is that you talked about, A, how it will improve the Thames and improve London, but B, how outwardly it improves construction and how we can be perceived, right? Because so often we're perceived quite negatively. We've had a few episodes on here where we've talked about skill shortages and what the future generation think about construction as a sector, not one that you want to rush into. It's so pleasing to hear like this project taking, like controlling the narrative, like you say. But um, it's just fascinating to me why that decision was taken at the very outset of the project. I mean, probably because the nature of it is that it's temporary. When our project finishes in 2025, we will all go somewhere else. And already people who have come through the project are on to other projects like HS2, Crossrail, etc. So we want them to take the lessons from this project into the next one. The best practice, not least around health and safety, for example, but also the skill shortage. Like I imagine we're trying to address that by introducing new people to the industry who never would have thought of it. People like me who never would have thought about it. Women who perhaps wouldn't have been attracted to it before. But I mean, it's, it's already statistically proven in every industry, the more diverse the workforce, the richer the industry becomes and the productivity, if you like. Makes sense. So, it, yeah. so exactly. It just makes sense, doesn't it? And, and, and you are a man who has come from, in many ways, for many men, the, tr- the dream sector you were in sport you were in football loads of people would love to be in that like i say it was kind of my dream when i was growing up i wanted to be a sports journalist but you must have such a different or when you came in to construction you must have thought what is this going to be like it is it is a world apart from where i have been how do you see the industry from a marketing perspective well just from i mean the day of my interview i had no idea what to expect i expected it to be lots of older white males and that hasn't been my experience from day one on this project not least because because of the skill sets that are needed so i was going into the media team you have like finance team you have a corporate responsibility team we had an education team so all of those things were needed on our project and you need so many different skill sets therefore you need people from different educational backgrounds and so forth. So my mind was totally opened up by what the industry is and and can be. And it has been very rewarding for me. My old co-host, who listeners will remember well, Liam Curls, he was someone who was very into his marketing, his, his, his background, and he always, he'd worked in different industries as well. He always described construction 
as kind of a big white space there for the taking when it came to marketing. He felt like it was years behind other sectors which he had worked in before and if done well and done right and obviously it's things are moving there was you could really make big gains from a business perspective by marketing in a certain way it does sound like your project and what you are doing is doing that how do you see construction and marketing construction is there a big opportunity in your view for people absolutely because I remember a, a stat that was given to me that civil engineers save more lives than doctors. What? Now that yes, and I quote, it stuck with me because I I question it a little bit. Yeah, but it's probably around like the technology that's created and this kind of thing. Without them, doctors couldn't do their jobs, and so the necessity of every the built environment we look around us, someone had to imagine that and create that and then people have to bring it to fruition and as i talked about who are those people where do they come from what is their background what motivates them to do it why are we building this project what is the end goal uh what are we leaving for the future uh do we all go on to different projects i mean just it's just unlimited scope to tell that story to repeat myself but i mean we're not selling a product at tideway we're selling a story we're telling people why we're doing this and at the end of it we are leaving a lasting legacy for this great city but each individual project if you're building an extension to your house i mean why are you doing that what how, what materials are you buying? What does it look like at the end? Are you happy at the end? With the, yeah. all those TV shows where it's like <laughs> building extensions, uh, what grand designs? Yeah, I mean, why are I, we interested in that stuff? That's, that's that's very true. I think what you're, you know, so a lot of people listening will be main contractors or property developers where they're running a business, and again, less so for property developers, more so for main contractors. They themselves are not selling a product per se but i'm interested because you're saying because you're selling a you're not selling a product either you're selling a story about your project but storytelling generally for construction companies so you're not selling a product you're kind of selling a perception of who you are in the industry how would you if you if you were working at a contractor a construction company how would you advise that they tell their story and is it even important i see it like this you're all working towards a goal so the main works contractors on our project that the supply chain no matter what size or what contribution i make a very small contribution to this project but everybody's working towards a goal and once that goal is achieved everyone can say i played my part in that so whatever, wherever you are in the chain, you can say that. We get it all the time. People saying, companies and suppliers saying, we worked on that site and we did this piece of work on, we've loved contributing to this, we're going to leave a lasting legacy. And, and I kind of see it as kind of, we are the Premier League and the, the main works contractors are the Premier League clubs. In many ways, they are bigger 
I mean, in a social media sense, they have bigger numbers. They are these huge global corporations or global entities that work all over the world. But they they can still talk about their contribution to that particular the Premier League, if you like. So I think everyone has their their part to play and their piece of the story to tell. I actually think that it's obvious now, but that is a really obvious benefit in my eyes to a contractor for telling their story in that there are so many stakeholders, right? You're not just talking about telling your story so that clients have an aspiration to come and work with you because, oh, you seem like a great contractor to work with. You're actually talking to the supply chain as well, aren't you? Certain subcontractors who could potentially think, oh, they it's like an aspirational company to work for. I like their story. I like exactly what they... Outward, how they outwardly present themselves, but also then you've got architects, you've got surveyors, you've got all of these different stakeholders in the industry, and it's it's effect, effectively what Tideway are doing is presenting the project as this controlling the narrative. It's a big project. There's so many good things going on. There's so many stories within that, and it's then having this ripple effect on all of these different stakeholders, whether they're in the project or out of the project, right? But allowing the people to tell those stories. So, yes, some of it comes from the Tideway name. But as I keep saying, most of the content is from people or showing the people. Because who, who, do you tr- who do you listen to more than your social circles or word of, the power of word of mouth, like WhatsApp groups and all that kind of stuff? So if your staff and your workers and the people on the project can talk positively about the job they're doing, that, that just reflects. On everybody doesn't it and i think that's i think that's the power of it and also it's authentic it, it's real authentic unique real and yeah like you say far more far more engaging so really very very interesting conversation james if you could have stepped into my shoes what would you have asked that i have not asked I guess what like what what we would see challenges for the construction industry going forward like and is this sustainable is it sustainable to uh, keep telling these stories or is it is or even like does it come at a cost and what I would say is you're only limited by your own creativity and imagination like I talk about video but we all have a video camera in our pockets and the same device probably has an editing software on it. And you're only you're only limited about you're only limited about the time and resources you want to put into it. So you can you can spend as little or as much. And what I would say though is the quality of what you put out reflects on your organization and you as an, an individual. So try to do it to the best of your ability and if that's hiring in the professional camera person, do it. Or spending some time on learning the skills, it's worth it in the end. It's worth it in the long run. I think that and that goes back to what the fact that construction, there is this big white space. It's like we're not, we are limited by our imaginations of what was what we were doing, but now there are really interesting people like you James coming in and helping to see the future and how things can actually be done and how we can engage with people whether it's kids coming out of school whether it's 
clients, architects, subcontractors, and build a better industry. And I can only thank you, James, for all the work that you're doing, educating me on my own city. So that's really, really good of you. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Likewise, Carl. You're welcome. Thank you very much, James. So, guys, I'm going to ask you again, as I always do, if you're liking the show, please can you leave us a uh, review on Apple? It really helps us with the algorithm. As I said last week, we've also launched two YouTube channels recently, one for Own the Build and one for our uh, sister channel, School of Sub for subcontractors. Go check them out. I'm sure you're going to like them. And I will speak to you next week. Have a good one. Cheers. (laughs) 